From Georgia Public Broadcasting, this is On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott. On today's show, celebrity chef Deborah Van Treese chimes in for our main ingredient series, and we'll find out some things about Harriet Tubman that you may not have known, but we're beginning with a current battle for survival in Syria. Kurds are evacuating their traditional homeland in northeast Syria. Turkey's pause in military action there expires today. And Turkish leaders won't even call it a ceasefire. And even then, it's been interrupted with periodic clashes. It is a complicated and violent situation unfolding on the other side of the world. Now, Americans are not known for following international news stories, but they are following this one, including here in Georgia. And that is especially true for Christians here. Well, here to talk with us more about it is Dr. Haval Kelly. He's a Syrian-born Georgian, a Kurd. He's an advocate for his country and his people and an Atlanta cardiologist and back with us today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me here. Timothy Head is also with us. He's executive director of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. That's a politically conservative evangelical group. Tim is also a former missionary who worked in the Middle East. Tim, thank you for being here. Of course. Thanks for having me. Haval, you are of Kurdish descent. So, if you can give us a little bit of a sense of like the Kurdish people, who they are, and before we even get into talking about the conflict. The Kurds are one of the four largest ethnic groups in the Middle East, in addition to the Turks, uh, Persian, and the Arabs. We live there through the centuries of mankind in that region, and the Kurds are about 30 to 40 million occupying the region of Iraq, Iran, Syria, and Turkey, where the intersection is. They were promised some form of a nation in World War One, but that didn't go through. So they had to live under those nations that I mentioned. And because of about almost 30 to 40 million people, they were all these nations were afraid that the Kurds would ever ask for their own country. So they become an oppressive state toward the Kurds. You know, being born a Kurd is almost a target to be a refugee. And your family came here even before 9-11, even before the conflict in, in Iraq, for example, and yeah. Afghanistan. We came, uh, we left Syria in 1996 because of political oppression against my father, who was not a politician, but involved in politics. And we went to Germany, and then and after 9-11, we came to the U.S. as a refugee. On the other hand, my wife, who is a Kurd from, from Iraq, she had to flee the war, go to Turkish camp, and come to the U.S. in the 1990s. Mm -hmm. So every Kurd has a story of its own. Either it was a war, a prosecution, or political oppression. Well, let's look at that, how this is playing out here. 79% of Georgians call themselves Christian, identify as Christian. Good number of Kurds are also Christian. Certainly, the faith teaches that all human beings matter, but folks from plenty of denominations consider other Christians as brothers and sisters of Christ. How does that connect Christians here in Georgia to the Kurds in Syria? So not only is there just kind of that human element, you know, one of the the other strong uh, elements for Faith and Freedom Coalition as an organization is to work on international religious liberty. So the ability not only to to kind of hold to uh, to uh, one's faith across the world, but also to be able to practice that, observe their faith. I think that that element is a, a strong motivator, but also identifier for a lot of Christians here in the United States is recognizing not only on a religious level, but, but certainly on, on just an existential level that um, that distinctions or differentiations among the Kurds uh, and, and other ethnicities and, and maybe religions in a couple of uh, contexts in the Middle East, that is connective, uh, for, I think, for a lot, of, a lot of Christians here in the United States. Now, also, 
I think it's worthy of note that even in the Middle East, I would say Kurdish Muslims are probably among the most supportive uh, Muslims in the Middle East of Jews and uh, the nation of Israel. So similarly, a lot of Christians here in the United States clearly are uh, are very pro-Israel, either on a a biblical perspective or maybe uh, sometimes on a a geopolitical perspective. And um, and so similarly, I think that there's a, a very strategic as well as kind of fostered similarity in, in a strong, really, support of Israel. This is a complicated, newest tick in what has been already a chaotic situation in Syria for since the civil war began about eight years ago, characterized by Bashar al-Assad, the dictator who has been running Syria, he and his family, for decades now. Hundreds of thousands have been killed, perhaps half a million people killed, thousands of children. Here's NPR's Ruth Sherlock reporting last year. This was when the regime attacked rebels and civilians with chemical weapons. And note, this is a disturbing clip, certainly, but I think it's important to show the depth of horror of this conflict. In this video, filmed by activists in the rebel-held town of Ghouta and posted on social media, many of the victims have foam at the mouth. Dead children lie among the adults. Even in death, a man hugs a small baby. In another video posted by opposition activists there, a veiled woman stands in a room and points to the bodies of lifeless children laid out on the floor. Now, I do know that NPR and other news organizations try to verify these uh, videos posted by opposition groups. But, Tim, I want to ask you, before we even get to talking about Turkey... There's a reason why so many people have been watching Syria. You were a missionary in the Middle East, been to Damascus. What does the Bible ask of Christians who hear something like that? Not not just on a biblical level, but but even on a human level. Scripture clearly teaches that we're all uh, that all of us are created actually in the in the image of God. That we kind of carry this imprint of eternity and of uh, our Creator. And so, anytime we witness suffering. You know, our call is to heal, to ameliorate uh, any time possible to avoid that pain, obviously. You know, in, in the midst of, of watching these atrocities, we desperately want to find ways to intervene. Well, those kind of humanitarian interventions and those interventions on moral grounds do not always align with the foreign policy goals or the military goals of an administration. And we do know that President Trump pulled U.S. troops out of Syria. This was a week ago he made that announcement quite suddenly. Here is ABC's Ian Panel, who got inside of Syria to report what happened next. This morning, chaos and bloodshed in Syria. This, as a senior U.S. official tells ABC, mass atrocities are being committed against the Kurdish people at the hands of Turkish-backed militias. Some ISIS fighters in prison taking advantage of the mayhem, reportedly escaping, making U.S. positions ever more vulnerable. Turkish forces hammering America's Kurdish allies with the help of radical Islamist militias, some ex-Al-Qaeda, leaving a trail of displacement, destruction and death. Haval, I can only imagine what it's like for you to hear this kind of stuff. Are the people that you know and love okay? Have you spoken with them? We have limited connection. All our family have the back uh, packed and ready to leave any time, but the problem is where they're going to go. They can't go to the northern border where Turkey is shelling the region. They're afraid to go to more inside of Syria because there were actually still a lot of fractional areas where there's pro 
ISIS, you know, villages and areas still want to take revenge of the Kurds because the Kurds were the face of defeating ISIS. I don't know where they're going to end up. Some people say they were driving on the highway and just waiting for some kind of American relief or mm. a United Nations to do something about stopping this. People don't want to leave their home because there's no better option to go to. So what are you thinking and feeling knowing that the U.S. withdrawal left Syrian Kurds who have been U.S. allies vulnerable? Well, it's very, for me, a conflicting feeling. I'm an American, so I feel very ashamed that we left our allies who actually defeated ISIS and they were pro-American values. You ask any veteran on the ground and how they were treated by the Kurds, there's only positive response. And at the same time, I feel disheartened and disappointed as a Kurd because I lost an uncle, like, in the city of Kobani, like, trying to help people, you know, being attacked by ISIS. And at the same time, every Kurd in that region was a pro-American. And now we feel like kind of betrayed that we are left to without any protection. This, that doesn't make sense. People are still, my, my family calls me like, why are you guys doing it to us? I'm kind of like, have the split personality. I'm an American and a Kurd at the same time. Mm-hmm. Haval Kelly, he is a Syrian-born Georgian cardiologist, Timothy head of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. We're talking about what's happening in Syria, but really much more why so many people in Georgia care so deeply about these events. Well, how about for you, Timothy? This, you know, We know that even a lot of very conservative senators, legislators have come down against President Trump for suddenly, um, sort of on the spur of the moment, it seemed, making this decision. How is it for you? The evangelical Christians are a big base of support for President Trump. What happens when you're in in conflict with that? Or are you in this case? Well, um, I, I think in this instance, I, I do think that it, uh, clearly the decision last week to withdraw uh, troops kind of kicked up a hornet's nest. I guess my approach whenever uh, a hornet's nest is kicked first is to try to kind of subside things as much as possible. I appreciate that the vice president and, the, and Secretary of State Pompeo uh, immediately flew uh, and met with uh, with President Erdogan, you know, last, uh, I guess, Thursday was. The Senate and the House on Monday announced bipartisan bills to sanction if indeed Turkey does pursue within uh, within Syria. Uh, there still are a variety of responses, but I think a coalescing response. Uh, there's a watchful eye heavily on on the the next actions of uh, of the Turks. The door was opened, but then we're closing it a little bit and not open. And this is something that people have been speaking out from a lot of different perspectives. American evangelicals here in Georgia and other states. Here's televangelist Pat Robertson saying this of President Trump. It's now allowing the Christians and the Kurds to be massacred by the Turks. And I believe, and I want to say this with great uh, solemnity, the President of the United States is in danger of losing the mandate of heaven if he permits this to happen. Tim, I'm not by any means saying that all evangelicals think alike, but, you know, when you hear a prominent evangelical like that say that, what do you think? If you will, the proof will be in the pudding. Because, uh, is, uh, so, in but, the, in but the Mike Pompeo plum- and, and uh, Vice President Pence are not President Trump. They're, uh, it seems like they are walking around trying to sort of roll back this kind of declaration by him. And I'm just wondering, you know, is that okay? Well, I mean, I, at this point, I, I think rolling back or rolling forward is phases in a long and really complicated response or, or what are going to be evolving and unfolding in the coming uh, days and weeks. President Trump campaigned on this idea of getting out of the endless war that was going on in the Middle East. So what is your position as, as somebody who served as a missionary there, who has seen many Christian and Muslims suffer under these wars? 
drawing the line between the intervention for the sake of morality and what are we going to actually be able to do there? Yeah. So each region of the country of the world has its own local flavor of uh, not only ethnic and religious history, but even personalities that are at play here. And some are trustworthy and some are not, very much not. We already talked about the vice president and the secretary of state flying to uh, to Ankara, but uh, but simultaneously, uh, the Secretary of Defense flies uh, where to Kabul. So for you, Haval, there's been a long game played for the Kurds in in this area of the world. You know, moving from one place to the next, settling in the area that we're talking about, right along the Syrian and, and Turkish border. But this is home to them. They consider this their homeland. Syrian Kurds been occupying the region and living there for like centuries and. I mean, my family at least been there for like hundreds of years, you know, goes back. So it's like our homeland, you know, under, you know, Syria or whatever the countries was. And the Kurds always felt like they were part of their countries. I mean, you know, when you lived in Syria, you, you know, you call yourself, you know, a Kurd from Syria. But the problem, what I'm seeing more and more, that the biggest issue of the Middle East is, unlike Europe or America, the concept of minority is not protected. They enforce national majority and unity by being a nationalist. They say, you got to now, it's okay if you're a Kurd or a Christian or something, you are still a Syrian. But when the minority attacks, the majority never stands up for the minority. And that's a huge problem. Unlike in Europe, but in America, it's the opposite. The minority are always protected and defended because if you don't do that, the minority will never belong to that country and never feel the obligation to belong to that country. We're going to take a quick break and be back with my guest, Dr. Haval Kelly. He's a Syrian-born Kurd known as a cardiologist and advocate for refugees in Metro Atlanta. Also with us, Timothy Head of the Faith and Freedom Coalition, two of the many Georgians keeping a close watch on the dynamic situation developing in northern Syria. Please stay with us for more with them and more of On Second Thought. I'm Virginia Prescott.